Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that last episode that I did with Connor Galgi. As I said, I'm going to be trying to get more coaches, uh, physiotherapists, people involved in the field who have cool stuff to share onto the podcast in the future. Um, so putting that aside, let's talk about what today's episode is all about. It's going to be talking about the best beginner strength programs because I want to try to share things that will help you guys. Um, and really, if you're a beginner, the most important thing is that you're following a program because having a plan is better than no plan. Probably the majority of strength programs that you can find on the internet are going to be fine. They're going to give you good results as long as you follow them diligently and you do a good job on sleeping and eating. But that's not to say that I don't have my preferences for what people should be doing to get the best results. So I'm going to go through some of the programs that I found online that I think could put you in a really good position to get strong and put on a lot of muscle. Um, and you just need to bear in mind that even though I am going to give you my preferences about which of these I think is the best, um, it really doesn't matter that much. As I've said before, loads of times on the podcast, the fine details, the nuts and bolts of a program aren't probably going to be what makes the difference between you getting to the position you want to be in terms of your physique or your strength. It's going to be how hard you work and how much you care about eating right and sleeping right outside of the gym. Because people have gotten really really strong doing really stupid programs because they worked hard and they worked on those things outside the gym so don't think that there's any special program that's going to do the work for you basically is what i'm saying okay so um with that out of the way the first program that i am going to take a look at and discuss is going to be the starting strength program so the starting strength program has really stood the test of time I would imagine that it is the most popular beginner lifting program or beginner strength program. I think it originally came out around the 2005 mark. I could be wrong about that, but definitely early 2000s is uh, when this program started picking up steam and it's only gotten bigger since then. It was originally a book and now you can find loads of stuff online from Mark Ripito and the starting strength organization. Now look, do I agree with absolutely everything that this guy says? No, and that's true of any popular program or coach. There's always going to be small discrepancies. I don't think everybody has to do a low bar squat. Um, I don't think that doing the power clean for a beginner is a particularly great idea. But it's a damn good program that, if done properly and diligently, will get you really strong. So for anybody who doesn't know, the starting strength program is a three day a week program. You're training upper body, you're training full body, um, and you are focusing on the main lifts, like I always say. So in the starting strength program, that is the squat, the bench press, the deadlift, and as time goes on, oh sorry, the overhead press as well, and as time goes on, um, power cleans, chin-ups, and rows are then added into the program. So this is a program that's really set up for an absolute beginner coming in doing their very first strength training session. 
it is set up in an AB format. So what that means is that the upper body exercises are rotated. Um, so it's meant to be done on something like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format, where you have one day in between the training sessions, and then you have a full two days rest before you go back to session number one. And the AB format is such that, um, I don't know if this is exactly the way that it's laid out in the book, but essentially you do the overhead press um, on Monday, and then on Wednesday you work the bench, Friday you work the overhead press, which means that that's week A, and then week B is the opposite. So you work the bench on Monday, overhead press on Wednesday, and the bench on Friday. And the reason why that's a good idea is it because is because it means that you get an even amount of work on those two lifts. Because if you're working an odd number of days per week, three days per week, um, if you just kept the same um, structure, you would get an uneven amount of work on those two lifts. So it means you're working the bench and the overhead press equally over the course of a month. Um, I'm not gonna explain the full program because you can find it online. Um, and there's more stuff to discuss in this podcast. But essentially, you start off just doing those lifts. You work uh, three sets of five on the squat, the bench, and the overhead press, and just one set of five on the deadlift. And Ripito's reasoning for that is because the deadlift is more taxing, which is 100%, 100% true. Um, and when it gets to the point that the deadlift is too hard to recover from, I think every second session you're meant to do a power clean. Okay, so now I'm just gonna give you my overall thoughts on this program. So there's a lot that I like about the starting strength program, but there's some things that I would change and I have changed, because I have used a version of this with clients before. So my main issues with the starting strength program, firstly, the biggest one to me would be the power clean. Um, I, I think the power clean and Olympic lifting is great, but if your goal is just to get big and strong, I don't think it's something that you have to do. I think that if you want to include some athleticism into your program, there are much easier ways of doing that, like just doing some jumps and stuff like that. Paraclean is certainly a great exercise if you can do it with the right mobility and the right technique. Um, so I could see an argument for using it, but not with a beginner, because I think that just getting strong on the deadlift is going to do a lot for your power as it is. Like until you're up at the point where you're able to do really about double body weight on your deadlift, um, I think the power clean is gonna be a very hard exercise for you to do properly. When you're starting the power clean with a good strength base, um, it's gonna be a lot easier to control the bar and get into a good position. So I personally wouldn't use the power clean and I don't use it. For me, when the deadlift starts getting too challenging for people, I just put in another type of hinging exercise um, to work the same muscles. So that could be a Romanian deadlift. It could be a good morning, even though I'm not a huge fan of those. It could be a back raise, reverse hyper. Doesn't matter too much, but I wouldn't go for a power clean. Excuse me, the other thing that I don't love about the starting strength program is that at the beginning of the program, it only works squat, bench, deadlift, and press. There's no pulling exercises in there. 
Now, I understand Ripito's reasoning for this, which is because his thoughts on it are that as a novice, you want to milk making as much progress in the things that matter for as long as possible. And I definitely agree, definitely agree that those big lifts are going to uh, transfer over more to helping you get strong and build muscle. However, as somebody who's had shoulder issues in the past um, and has tried to teach pushing exercises to people who have a weak upper back, um, I just think that it makes a lot of sense to start doing pulling exercises from the start. I've seen a huge difference in people's ability to get into a good position for all of the lifts once they get stronger on things like rows and chin-ups. Um, and I think it's pretty clear that those things are important for having a healthy and well-balanced shoulder. So I start people doing rows and some kind of a progression to a pull-up uh, from the very beginning because you're going you're gonna to do them down the line anyway. So you may as well just start from day one. I don't think there's going to be really much of a difference in how much progress you can make um, by, you know, leaving them out for the first few weeks. So that part of it I'm not crazy about as well. Those are the two main changes that I make to the program. Um, the other thing, last thing I say about the starting strength program is that because there's no what's called autoregulation built in to decide your rate of progress, you need to be very careful about uh, making smart weight jumps. So in the starting strength program, you just add five pounds, um, or well, they say five pounds, basically two and a half kilos to the upper body lifts and five kilos to the lower body lifts. And that will work fine for the first few sessions, but you are going to have weeks where you probably don't do enough with your recovery or your eating to um, be able to keep going up in weight. So you need to make sure that if those reps are getting grindy, that you maybe just stay at that same weight for a few sessions before you add weight. Um, so that's one thing that I don't use. I tend to give people a rep range to work in, usually about five to eight. And if people can do the weight with eight reps or more with really good technique, then we add weight. Whereas I know if they're only getting five or six reps that they need to stay at that weight for a while. Whereas the starting strength program just says keep adding weight every session. So there's no huge issue with that. Um, you just need to make sure to be very conservative about how you add weight. But on the whole, starting strength, very solid program, time tested, and uh, there's no reason why you can't get big and strong on that program. Okay, so that's our first one. Uh, the next program is 531. Again, a really popular program, it stood the test of time. I think it also came out around the same time as starting strength, maybe a little bit later. I think probably 2009 or so was when that program dropped. I was uh, probably in the first wave of people to try it, although I didn't do it properly. So that was probably the first um, formal structurized strength program that I tried to do when I was about 17 or so. And 531 is great because it basically has idiot proofing built into it. Um, Jim Wendler is very realistic about how people end up training when they're given a program and he's built this training max into the program. And I'm going to describe what that actually is later on, but the training max is there to effectively stop people going too heavy and, and burning out, which is a really common mistake that beginners make. So what is 531? Well, 
I'm actually not going to talk about the original 531 program because I have followed um, Jim Wendler's writing all the way up to present day and he's actually made an awful lot of changes and improvements to the program over time that address a lot of the issues that the original 531 program had um, and he actually now has an article that outlines how he would train a beginner using the 531 philosophy and unsurprisingly it's not a copy paste of what that 2009 program was so just to give you the outline of what this 531 for beginners program looks like it is a three day per week full body program and that's different to the original 531 program because the original 531 program is a four day per week upper lower split and that's really probably better suited to intermediates uh, because they're making a slower rate of progress and they need to do more volume per body part to keep making progress. So this is better suited to beginners who can just train full body and should be able to set personal records every session or at least every week or two. Um, so this program is... It, it, in the article that he's written, it doesn't explicitly state that it's done in an AB format like the starting strength one, but I would either imagine that that is what he intended based on, on the way that it's laid out, or I would say that that is the way that you should structure it. So essentially, again, if we take it as Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like the starting strength program, the way that it works is that on Monday, we'll treat this as week A, you come in, you do your squat for the 531 sets and reps. So if you're not familiar with this program, the way 531 works is that you have a training max. So that's 90% of what you either have done for one rep or what a calculator predicts a calculator predicts that you can do for one rep. So let's say it's 100 kilos on the deadlift. That means that you're going to take 90 kilos as your training max, which is going to stop you from going too heavy. And then on week one of 531, you work up to 85% of that training max. Now, my maths isn't great, so I'm not going to try to calculate that in my head. But you go up to 85%. It's probably somewhere in the, the high 70s, low 80 kilo range. Um, you go up to 85%. You do a set of five reps or more. So you try to get five reps, or if you feel good, you keep going. And then after you do that, you do five sets of five at a lower percentage. In 531, this is called the first set last weight. I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to make this a, a 531 podcast. I could do that further down the line. But it's essentially a back off set where you're going to do volume but at a lower weight. Um, and this addresses the problem in the original 531 program of not fully taking advantage of a beginner's ability to do um, quite a bit of work and make progress. So Monday, you do that on the squat and you do it on the bench. So to clarify, you work up to your 531 weight for the day, whether it's a set of 5 plus, a set of 3 plus, or a set of 1 plus, and then you do your back off sets for 5 sets of 5. You do that on the squat and the bench, and then you do assistance work. I'm going to go into the assistance work in a bit. Wednesday is the same for the deadlift and the press, and then Friday is the bench and the squat again. So I would assume given that you're going to want to get equal amount of work on the bench and the squat, that that's week A, and week B would be deadlift and press on Monday, 
squat and bench on Wednesday and deadlift and press again on Friday. So it would have the AB format, like starting strength. Again, I'm not 100% sure that that is the way that he'd lay it out, but I would imagine so, or that's how I would recommend that you do it, assuming that you want to make equal gains on your press and your bench. So that's the basic overview. Um, what it also has in there is assistance work, which I like. So that means that unlike the starting strength program, it's getting you doing other stuff from the beginning as well, while not putting so much emphasis on it that you're going to not make gains in the important stuff. So the way that Wendler recommends you do the assistance work for this program is that you essentially have three categories of assistance work and you have to pick one exercise from each of those um, on each training day. So that means that you have your two main lifts and then three assistance exercises. So the first category is push. So some of the examples that he gives for exercises that you could pick there are dips, push-ups, dumbbell bench, or any kind of an incline or overhead dumbbell press, um, or you could slot in tricep extensions or tricep push downs. Then in the pull category, you've obviously got chin-ups slash pull-ups, um, any kind of a row, and then rotator cuff work like face pulls, band pull-aparts, um, or even just bicep curls. And then the last category is single leg slash core work, so that's any kind of ab exercise, whether that's sit-ups, dead bugs, planks, whatever. Um, you've also got lower back work there, like back raises, reverse hypers. And then the single leg examples would be lunges, step-ups, Bulgarian split squats. Um, and he actually even has kettlebell swings or kettlebell snatches in there as well. Probably not something I do with a beginner, but it doesn't matter too much. And that's your assistance work. On the assistance work, you're looking to get 50 to 100 total reps on each one of those exercises. And what he recommends is that if you're not able to get those reps on an exercise, so probably the most likely example of that would be a chin-up. Um, not too many beginners would be able to get 50 total reps on chin-ups. So let's say you only get, um, I don't know, 20 or 50, let's say 15 total reps of chin-ups. You do three sets of five you then have to make up the rest of those reps that are remaining with another easier pulling exercise. So uh, an example of that would be going to ring rows then and just trying to get 20 or 30 total reps more on those. Um, I think that's a really good idea. And I actually do that myself with people who are trying to get better at uh, pull-ups because you can, if you, if you focus on pull-ups too much, um, as a beginner and you're still in that range where you can only do one or two at a time, you can end up making all of your pulling type training very high intensity and that could leave, lead to some overuse issues. So it's good to make sure you get in some lighter intensity, easy things like ring rows or light dumbbell rows or a cable row or something like that. And that's basically the 531 for beginners program. Um, it's actually very similar to the type of structure that I use with my beginner clients at the moment. It works very well for if you only have an hour to get through your training because the starting strength program, while it is very good, um, starts to take a really long time to get through. So, you know, you're working three full body lifts and then either a chin up or a barbell row by the time you get to the later stages of that program. And that can easily take you an hour and a half to two hours 
when you're at the point that you're using heavier weights and you need to take you know three to five minutes rest in between sets sometimes so this is actually a really good way to um, make your time in the gym quick and effective um, and he also recommends adding in conditioning work on the off days I would just recommend that if you do that that you keep it to a, a minimum effective dose uh, because it's very easy to go ham on the conditioning and end up frying your legs or your shoulders and that'll have a, a knock-on negative effect on your next strength training session. So the next program is the Grayskull LP or Linear Progression Program. So this is a more recent program. I'm not entirely sure when this came out, um, but it's actually quite similar to Starting Strength except I think it actually fixes some of the things that I wouldn't be a huge fan of in starting strength that I went over there earlier on in the podcast. So um, essentially the Grayskull linear progression is a three day per week full body split. Um, as with all of these programs, you are working the big lifts primarily. And the way it works is that you have two lifts per day. So unlike the starting strength program, which I said can run quite long per session, especially as you get stronger, um, you're working two lifts in a day as opposed to three lifts like you would in starting strength. And the way that the original grade school program is laid out is that you have that AB format. So you have uh, Monday overhead press and squat, Wednesday bench and deadlift, Friday overhead press and squat, and then that work for the upper body um, flips on the week B. So you have essentially squats twice a week on a Monday and a Friday, that stays the same, and, when, and Wednesday is deadlift day, and that stays the same. So you deadlift once a week through eighth as well. Um, what this has as well, which is different from the starting strength program, uh, there's a few things. The first is the utilization of AMRAP or plus sets. Uh, so this is something that's also used in the 531 program. I think it's a really good thing to include in programs and I use it in my own programming and with clients. And the reason why is because firstly, it tells you if you're training at an appropriate intensity. So if you're doing a set where you're aiming to get five reps or more and you get 20 reps, you know that you definitely need to add weight to the bar. And this is great as a gauge for telling you um, how you are adapting to the training. So on the flip side, if you do a, a set of five or more and you only get six reps, you know you need to stay at that weight for a good while longer to allow yourself to get stronger before you add weight. So the way it's broken down in the Gray School program is that you have three sets, three working set sets on um, the main lift. So the first two sets are just two sets of five. And then the third set is the one where you go for more reps. So it's five plus. And um, that's the same for all of them, all of the lifts, except for the deadlift where you just do one set of five or more. Um, the other difference between this and the starting strength program is that it has accessories included in the program. Uh, which I think is a good thing, at least for doing pulling exercises like rows, pull-ups, and chins. 
Some of the other ones that he includes in there as examples are dips, shrugs, rack pulls, curls, close grip bench press, lateral raises, face pulls, leg curls, leg extensions, etc., etc. Okay, so now I'm going to go through the things about this program that I would change or I'm not that into. So the first one for me would be to just take a look at how you are deciding to make weight jumps. I could be wrong on this, but from what I can tell in what I looked up about this program, um, even though it has those AMRAP sets included, it seems to just have a standard rate of um, increasing the weight on the bar, which is adding two and a half pounds or 1.25 kg to the upper body lifts, your bench and your overhead press, and five pounds or two and a half kg to squats and deadlifts. And to me, that kind of makes the AMRAP sets kind of pointless because going back to that example that I gave, if you're doing a set of five plus on your bench and you get 20 reps, you know that you can add more than um, two and a half kilos next week. So maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe he does have some kind of a formula to tell you how much weight to add based on how many extra reps that you get. For me, um, if I was having somebody do a set of five, um, I would want them to get at least eight reps before I add weight. Um, and so if it was three reps extra, then I would add about two and a half kilos. Um, if they're getting 10 to 12 reps and it looks pretty smooth and they're not a failure, I would go up to five kilos. And if it was a set of five plus and they were getting in the 15 to 20 range, then I would add seven and a half kilos. Um, I don't think I would ever add 10 kilos in a session just you know for injury prevention purposes so that's the first thing that i wouldn't be a huge fan of i would just add in uh more um concrete guidelines on how to add weight using those amrap sets i would also say that the deadlift volume and frequency is a little bit low for me uh, both in terms of learning technique on the deadlift and um just training the posterior chain muscle groups of hamstrings, glutes, lower back, etc. Which, of course, you can train with accessories, but he doesn't really have um, really any accessories listed for those. Um, now, again, I have to give disclosure. I didn't buy the book for this. I've just looked up um, pages where people are describing the program and giving their summary of it. So I could be wrong. But so I think the deadlift and the deadlifting muscle groups aren't really being trained enough. So the change which I would make and which I use with clients is that I do only have them work up to one challenging set of deadlifts, but there is volume work before that. So if their weight that they need to work up to for the day is 80 kilos for a set of five, then I'll probably have them do a set at 70 and 75 and then go to 80. So they're getting some volume work in, which is going to increase their strength and their muscle mass and also uh, give them some opportunity to practice the deadlift because the deadlift is for most people the hardest exercise to learn um it can require doing some other stuff like mobility work and strengthening up the lower back to be able to get into the proper position so i think drilling it is really important um and i would also just make sure that there's some accessory work in there for um you know lower back doing things like back raises and stuff like that 
uh, throughout the week as well, just to train those muscle groups. And then the last thing that I would say about this program is that he just seems to put a weird emphasis on neck work. And, you know, maybe this is just uh, trying to put his own unique stamp on the strength training world uh, because people don't tend to emphasize neck work very often in training programs. But personally, I think there's a good reason for that. And it's, as the, the phrase goes, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Um, you know, when you go into the gym, most of us don't have two and a half hours to be training every single muscle group and body parts. So we just go for the, the things that give us the bang for our book, which is why all these programs use the same exercises because, you know, they've worked for decades. Training neck, it's important if you play a contact sport like rugby or if you're doing something like boxing where you can make a strong argument that it could help um, prevent injury and concussion. But unless you have some weird obsession with getting your neck big, um, I wouldn't really worry too much about doing all that neck work. I've been told that I have a thick neck and I've never done any kind of specific neck exercise before. I just do uh, deadlifts and all the other main things. So um, look, even though I have given some criticisms there, on the whole, the Gray School program looks very good and I would probably recommend this over starting strength, um, especially if you are making those amendments to it that I've recommended there. All right, so that is the Gray School program. Next up now, we're gonna take a look at the Ivazor program, um, which is named after the Pokemon Ivazor, as far as I'm aware. I think from what I read, this whoever made this was a user on Reddit, and that was their username. So, bit of an interesting name for a strength program, but sure look, um, it has gotten a lot of good reviews. It's one that seems to get recommended very often on reddit to users and it claims to fix a lot of the issues with um some of the more popular programs that have gone through before already while also taking a lot of inspiration from them so ivazor beginner program uh sometimes also called ivazor 448 um this is a again three day per week full body program some of the differences between this and what we've kind of gone through before. So, as always, using the big lifts. Um, unlike that gray school program that I just discussed, this is using th three big lifts per day, um, as well as a pulling exercise then. Which, again, I, I'm not saying that that can't work, but you just need to understand that you are committing to a longer um amount of time in the gym and um, each individual session is going to be a little bit tougher because you're just handling more total weight in the weight room. So the template is still an AB uh, format. So the bench and the overhead press are uh, flipped each week. Actually, sorry, no, I'm wrong in saying that. Um, in the template that I'm looking at here, the, the bench and overhead press are the same and it's the squat and deadlift work that flips each week. So essentially, day one in week A looks like bench, squat, overhead press and chin-ups. And then day one on week B 
would be bench deadlift overhead press and barbell rows so the pulling exercise is also getting um flipped on that a b format as well um and so this program would be a little bit more uh complicated than the ones that i just went through um it's using a training max like the 531 program does it's also using quite a few uh, different percentages to calculate your weights and it also utilizes amrap sets um there's a lot of really good things in this program, but you just need to make sure that you don't get overwhelmed with it all. If you're going to use it, you're probably best off with uh, downloading the Excel spreadsheet and then you can just plug whatever your numbers are into it and it'll fix all of that for you. So how it works, um, you're essentially doing either four sets of four or four sets of eight on all of the exercises. And on the last session of each um, each week, so day number three, which would probably be a Friday for most people, you have um, three sets of four and then one set of as many reps as possible on whatever the big lifts are for that day. So essentially what this program is doing is you'll plug in um, either your actual one rep max, although I wouldn't recommend testing your one rep max if you're an absolute beginner, or else it will predict your one rep max for you if you put in a weight that you've done and how many reps that you've done it for. Make sure if you're doing this that this is something that you have actually done before. Um, don't just guess that you could probably do such weight for such and such reps. You need to actually try this out in the gym. Um, it's then going to create a training max based off that. So just to make it nice round numbers, um, let's say that it estimates that your one rep max on an exercise is 100 kilos. It's then going to take 90% of that, which is your training max. So it's now taking 90 kilos as your max. And then it takes percentages based off that. So the four sets of four, which is the heavy work, is done at, um, I believe, 80% of your training max and the four sets of eight is done at 90% of that four sets of four weight. So this is what I mean in terms of the percentages can get quite confusing and you're best off just downloading the Excel spreadsheet. Um, one thing that I really like about this program is that it does have that um, progression rate based off what you get in the AMRAP set that it doesn't look like the grade school program has. So for example, it says here that if you hit eight plus reps on an AMRAP set, you will double next week's progression rate for that, e that exercise. So the standard progression rate that it has here for squats and deadlifts is seven and a half kilos per week and 10 pounds a week on bench or rows, five pounds a week on overhead press which all sounds very feasible because this is adding weight on a weekly basis as opposed to a per session basis. Um, and two and a half kilos per session is probably pretty feasible for a beginner on the squat and the deadlift and that adds up to seven and a half kilos per week. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much more about this program because it's kind of complicated and I don't want to confuse anybody. 
you are welcome to look it up if you want to. Um, and as I said, I would just download the spreadsheet, but it seems to fix a lot of the issues that are happening in other programs. I would just warn uh, to not try to keep on adding weight too much to things like the rows um, or the chin-ups, or you could find yourself burning it. You have to remember that those realistically are accessory exercises that cannot, by their very nature, be progressed as easily as the main lifts. Um, just one small knock that I would put on that Ivazor program, and it's not something that I'm a huge fan of, would be the fact that it has a loss of volume for your upper body um, in each session. So instead of using that AB template where you alternate the bench and the press, it actually puts the bench and the press in the same session and is training both of them relatively heavy in the same session. Now, some people may get away with that. Um, I think if I was training as a beginner, um, having tried doing stuff like that before, I don't think that would have worked very well, especially when you consider that you're trying to make jumps and weights each week. So you're kind of asking your body to set personal records and upper body strength on two pushing exercises in the same session. I think that could lead to some early stagnation or even potentially some shoulder pain uh, down the line. So the Ivazor program is good, but it's probably better suited to somebody who has hit a plateau on um, a program like the 531 for beginners or Grayskull or Starting Strength, um, which are all programs that have less upper body uh, volume in the session. Generally, you don't want to add volume um, until you need to. So that would just be one thing I would say about this Ivazor program that I'm not a huge fan of. And so that pretty much concludes uh, my overview of what I think are the best options out there for you to choose from. So to recap, you have starting strength, you have the 531 for beginners program, there is the Gray School LP program, and there is the Ivazor program. Um, if I was going to give my personal preference, um, of what I would recommend people do. I think any of them can work, but probably the Ivazor one um, fixes a lot of issues that will come up in other programs. Um, but I think you could really do very well on the 531 for beginners or the Gray School one. I'd put those about even. And then starting strength, I would probably put last because realistically, I think it's a great program if you make adjustments to it. But if I'm taking it just as it's written in the book with the power cleans and the lack of accessory work for pulling muscles and stuff like that, I'd probably have to put it at the end. Um, but look, realistically, as I said at the start, the program that you do matters very little in comparison to the effort that you put in in the gym and outside the gym with recovery. Um, so if you've listened to everything that I've said and you're not really sure what to go with, my advice would be to go with the one that just appeals to you the most, that makes you the most excited about getting into the gym and doing training and then just be consistent with that. Run an eighth for as long as you can. Remember that hitting a plateau, uh, in my experience is not actually 
always to do with you running out of those novice gains. It's because that you're not eating enough or maybe you're trying to get too greedy with the weight jumps in the gym. If you do hit a plateau or if you encounter any issues with these programs uh, or have any questions, you can feel free to send those on to me and I'll be happy to help you out with them. Um, and as I've said before, I also offer um, you know, one-off personal training sessions for people that want to come down and have their technique looked at because technique can also hold people back a huge amount when it comes to progressing um, on these programs. So hopefully you found that useful. Uh, I'll probably do longer um, discussions on individual programs like 531 in the future, but I just wanted to put out a podcast that could give people some options to work with. So just remember that having a plan is the most important thing. Pick one of these programs, run with it, try to figure out how to get strong on it and learn about your body and how it responds to it. And if you have any questions, send them on.